I had a whole list of notes here to give to us this morning, but you know, I feel like God's directing a little bit of a different way to go about this. It's still going to be on Jesus and about the Savior's birth, but I feel like he's telling me that he wants us to take a moment and give him praise this morning, and then we're going to get into the Word. Is there anybody that would like to give a word of testimony for Jesus today? I know I do. I want to give Jesus praise and glory and honor for the fact that he came and died on the cross for my sins. You know, even if you were the only one, he would have came and died on the cross for your sins. But of course, everybody needed his saving grace. And so God was willing to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Of course, he had to be born in a different way in a normal way. He had to be born through the conception of the Holy Spirit because without that, he would have been born with human conception just like anybody else and he would have still had the sin gene in him. But you know, whenever the sin gene, whenever the sin gene was, was not passed on to him because the conception was by the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy God. It was the Holy God who conceived the Son of God. And so we need to be thankful for that today. We need to be thankful for the fact that Jesus was born in, a, in an immaculate way. He was born in a sinless way so that we could have our sins forgiven. You know, it says here in verse 1 of Luke chapter 2, if you would take your Bible and turn there with me. Luke chapter 2, I'll give you just a moment to turn there today. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1, and it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which was called, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. You know, Father, we thank you, Lord that you worked out all things for Jesus to fulfill all prophecies so that he could be the one true Son of God and so that he could be the one way of salvation. We thank you, Father God, that it's only through him that we have eternal life and that our sins are forgiven. And we thank you and we praise you for these things. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting to note that over 700 years before this event is taking place, it was prophesied by the prophet of God, Micah, in chapter 5, verse 2 of the book that he wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, of course. He, he wrote that the 
Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so there had to be something. Now, now notice what it said, that they were had to come out of Judea. I mean, Galilee, I mean, of Nazareth. They had to come out of there because that's where they were living. And it's interesting to note that they had there had to be some way to get them from point A to point B for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And here it is that all of a sudden, that for whatever the reason that, that Caesar Augustus had in his own mind, I think it was under God's direction, actually, that he would call for a taxing of the whole world. Because it was during the time of the Roman Empire. And that was when the time that the Messiah would be born, was during the time of the Roman Empire. And then whenever he, Caesar Augustus, he goes ahead and he calls for this taxing at that very moment in time. I don't think that was a coincidence, folks. I think that was God directing the affairs of what was going on. Anyway, he ends up, they get him, end up having to leave from Galilee out of Nazareth and go into Bethlehem, which they do. And so it doesn't say how long they had been there before, uh, well, we're about, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me, let me backtrack just a moment. We, we need to understand that they had to get there from point A to point B. They did through the taxing of the, that, that because Joseph was of the lineage and house of David. And David was born in the city of Bethlehem. And so here it is. They were having to make this trip and and you got to realize she's in her last trimester of the pregnancy she's because it says in the next few verses that she's about to give birth and so she was in the last part of her trimester of the last part of her pregnancy and so it had to be hard on her for her to make that trip i know when my wife was pregnant with our daughter she had to be on bed rest the last month of her pregnancy because the, something was going on with her blood sugars or something, I think it was, or her blood pressure or something. Blood pressure. It was her blood pressure. Anyway, she had to be on bed rest so she wouldn't be stressed out and everything. That had to be a lot of stress for them to be able to go through in order to go from Nazareth into the city of Bethlehem. But that was what was needed to be done. They had to get to that place. And that's exactly what happens. And we need to understand that whenever there's something that God wants you to do, God's going to make a way for you to do it. He's going to open that door for you to walk through. Because God had to do something in their lives, and that's what happened here. And they ended up going into Bethlehem where the prophecy was fulfilled that she was going to be having the child Jesus. And then in verse number five, it says to be, I mean six, it says, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. In other words, she was going to have the baby in Bethlehem, just like it was predicted and prophesied. And it says she brought forth her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, that was a pretty barbarous society they must have lived in for them to turn away a woman that was in travail, a woman that was about to have a baby, 
that was just about to be delivered. They ha it had to be some kind of a uh, problem without those people to be able to turn her away. And it was why? Didn't have that. Didn't have that money. If they had had that money, guess what? I'm sure they would have found a place for her to stay in. But you know what? That wasn't God's plan either. God's plan was taking place just as he predicted it would. And he and he, the reason I believe that he was laid in a manger in, in the stable that he was born in, he became a child of time, in other words. And he, and he was laid in that manger in that stable because I think it showed his humiliation and I think it showed his poverty. I think it showed that they were lowly, lowly income people. And that was what was going on here. So therefore, the baby Jesus was being born in this stable. He was being born and laid in this manger instead of in some stately house. You might have thought that he would be in the king of the Jews, that he would be the one that they, you would find when you went to look for him. You'd find him in some stately house. Well, you wouldn't because he was in, a, in the stable at this manger, in the manger in this stable. And then it says in verse number eight, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. I think I would be too, don't you? Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this angel standing, probably hanging in the air above them is what it was. And he was just, he was about to make a, a message known to them. But all of a sudden, this angel appears out of nowhere. And I'm sure that it, it would have made me afraid as well. And then verse 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. <coughs> to all people. You know, he was the king of the Jews, but he was more than that. He was the I thought I should have gotten an amen there, but okay. Amen. 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 <laughs> He's the Savior of the world, you know, and we need to realize that he, he was just fulfilling Scripture. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I don't have my Bible with me that has that in it, but I do have it in my notes. Let me read it to you real quick. Just in case you're wondering about that. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and, just, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless thee who blesses you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth would be blessed through Christ's birth. And so that was what was going on. It was being fulfilled here in Luke chapter 2. And then, of course, I think I have in my notes to read verses 8 through 12 again. 
Let's read what it says. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Let's back up to verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You know, when Jesus was born, when Jesus was born, the God's plan of salvation came to fruition. In other words, everybody has an opportunity to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's only those who do so, only those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that are going to be saved. It's only those that have a changed heart and a changed life. Only those that are going to be living their life for him and in his service. Those are the only ones that's going to make it to heaven. And so it's not just enough that you know about Jesus. You've got to know who Jesus is and how his birth affects your life. And so we need to understand today, folks, that the birth of Jesus was for all of mankind, not just for a hand-picked few, not just for certain people, not just for certain sexes, not just for certain individuals, but it's for anybody and everybody. But it's up to you to make that choice to accept Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. So I would encourage us to make that decision if we haven't already today. I believe everybody here, though, has made that decision. I'm not sure about those that are watching by Facebook Live, but I do know that God wants us to make sure that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life when all is said and done. And he even goes ahead in verse 12, it says, And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In other words, he was giving them directions as to where they're going to find this, the baby Jesus as soon as they get through giving their message. It says in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, we are going to have peace with God once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. But we have to make that decision. Then it says in verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels went away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. Notice they didn't debate about it, and say, Well, is this true or not? That's not why they were going. They were going because they wanted to make sure that they could tell other people about this event. And so that's what they're doing here. They're going to Bethlehem to see this sight that's been told to them of them by the angels. Because the angels were trustworthy. They knew they could count, count on them to tell them the truth. And it wasn't about whether or not it was true or not. It was about, let's go and see this child so we can worship this child. And then in verse 16, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. It was just like they had been told. 
they would find him. And you know, notice that the, the angel didn't tell them exactly which stable or which place it was going to be that he was going to be found in. He just told them that he would be lying in a manger in swallowing clothes. And so that's what they found. They, they found Jesus lying in the manger in that place that they went to, and they finally found him. And it wasn't going to take them that long to find the place because that town wasn't that big. And so, therefore, they found him rather quickly, I believe. Then it says in verse 17, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. In other words, they didn't hesitate. They started telling everybody they saw. That You know, when you first get saved, a lot of times people have that desire, that inner heart's fire that says, I'm going to tell people about Jesus, just like I've been told about him, just like I know him as Savior and Lord now. I want everybody else to come to know him as Savior and Lord. And you know what? That's the way it was with me when I first got saved. When I, when I came to know Christ as Lord and Savior, I wanted to go and tell everybody. I think I've already told this story before, but I'll tell it again. I went around telling, giving sheets of paper with five scripture references of salvation on it to everybody in my department at work. All, both departments, that is, that I was working out of. Anyway, and I was wanting people to get saved. That's how, how much of a fire had been stoked inside of me. The only problem is sometimes over time that fire starts to dwindle or go out. We can't let it do that. We've got to continue to tell people about Jesus. We've got to continue to tell them about the saving grace and mercy of God through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, praise God. So I tell you what, that was what these, these shepherds did. They were the first evangelists, actually. They began telling everybody they saw about Jesus and what he had, what he had done for them. Or what, what he was going to do for them, should I say. Because the scripture had already foretold all about who Jesus was and what was going to happen in his life. Then in verse 18 it says, And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. It says they wondered, but it didn't say they got saved. I hope they did. I'm sure there were some that accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord at that very moment. But it doesn't say for sure. It just says they wondered at those things that were told them by the shepherds. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She, she more or less meditated on those things. You know, it says that they saw Mary and Joseph and, and the babe lying in a manger. I can't help but think to myself that when they saw each other, they began to tell each other about the different angelic experiences they had had, such as when Mary and Joseph had their visitations by the angel Gabriel and how that the shepherds had this visit by the angel of the Lord uh, as they were watching their flock by night. You know... I can't help but think that they began to share those stories with each other. And I think it was an encouragement to each other. I think it was an encouragement for the shepherds to tell the Mary and Joseph about their encounter because it was a confirmation that this is the Christ child. This is the Son of God. And so, therefore, they were uh, encouraging them in that. 
And then I think it also encouraged the shepherds to know that they they had been foretold about the shep about Jesus's conception by the Holy Spirit and how that he would be born in Bethlehem and so forth and so on. And so then it says in verse number 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told unto them. In other words, even if it didn't make an effect on anybody else, it did on these guys. And they were so happy that they had been given this opportunity to be used by God in such a manner as this. And you know what? This is the reason for the season, folks. You know, it's it's good that we're about to go on, go in there and tie on the fee bag and have a good meal together. It's a good thing to do that as the church body of Christ. But it's also good to know, and it's and it's good to receive and to give gifts. But you know, the reason for the season is Jesus Himself. Amen. It's not about the food. It's not about the gift giving. Or receiving it's about Jesus Amen. and I just thank God that he loved me enough not to leave me in my sin that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and you know what I know that y'all do as well I know it's your heart's desire to share the good news of the gospel message with others and you do it through your lifestyle as well as through your words you speak. Matter of fact, there was a guy, a famous guy once said, I don't remember the guy's name, but it was a famous guy. Anyway, he said that preach the word of God at all times. Use words if necessary. In other words, your life is supposed to shine so much that it shows forth the praises of God. And others will come to know you as Come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. When they look at you, do they see you or do they see Jesus? I pray they see Jesus. When they look at me, I pray they see Jesus. Because that's who they're supposed to be looking at. So I would encourage us today to make sure that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if it's not, this is the opportunity to do that. If anybody would like to say the sinner's prayer with me, please join me at this time. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you. For your son Jesus. For your son Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. That you loved us enough. That you loved us enough. To send him. To send him. Into this sinful world. Into this sinful world. And to live a sinless life. And to live a sinless life. So that we could have. So that we could have. Eternal life. Eternal life. In and through him. In and through him. And we thank you. Thank you. For forgiving me of my sins. For forgiving me of my sins. I thank you. Thank you. For washing me clean. For washing me clean. By the blood of Jesus. blood of Jesus. And I thank you. Thank you. For helping me to live. Helping me to live. A life that is pleasing to you. A life that is pleasing to you. From this day forward. From this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank y'all for being here today. We love y'all. Appreciate you. I don't.
we'll go ahead and dismiss and pray with the food when we get back there.